0: week five we're done with that out of conference nonsense it's time for some big sky conference football bear tycoon on a scale of one to seven how excited are you
1: 36 i'm so That's, excited yes the idaho uh, eastern washington game though it was doesn't count on the conference record it just felt so good uh seeing some big sky conference teams play each other i'm very very excited
0: yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all in on this conference season. We get out of the uh, shitty conference, out-of-conference schedules that we had. We get to find out about some teams. We get to just get back. It feels like football season now. No D2 schools, no play-up games to the FBS. It's just Big Sky Football, the best league in the country. And really quickly, because we have to touch on it, that also means Pluto is back. Our boys at Pluto. Learfield, sidearm, you're out. You'll always be out. By the way, uh we we're not gonna do our ramblings and rantings about streaming, but I did get a refund for the Learfield mess up from the Cats game last weekend.
1: That that's so nice, but I think you would have nine ninety five back. You would have paid forty dollars just to be sure that you're gonna be able to watch the game.
0: Yes, and I did I was able to watch the game, though there was no announcers, which is kind of like a fifty fifty there, like do you want it or not? It was Chris Byers and the other guy. Pretty shitty. But no announcers, no scoreboard, no down and distance, no time, nothing. So I was just kind of just watch. It was really weird. It's really uh, weird. It, it is so, so weird. We've
1: talked about it too but, much this season, but no, it is, I'm, we're back I'm to Pluto. so excited to be back to Pluto.
0: Yeah, so you can watch all the conference games on Pluto. Learfield has nothing to do with any of these rights, so we are back. Got the refund. So all in all, I did spend about $5 per game on Learfield slash Sidearm. Productions,
1: yep. Congratulations,
0: but thank you. So we're into the conference season. Like we said, we want to go over our three top three things for this week that have to do with the conference season coming up. We do just want to reflect one last time on the would you say the shittiest out of conference preseason you've seen in a while
1: for the Big Sky as a whole, definitely.
0: Yes. Um, but I mean, for us,
1: my God, three Great. and one, three yeah. and one. It's been it's been very good and no cheesy wins for the for the True. Cats or the Grizz. So Yeah, so um, yeah,
0: Montana State and UM go both going 3 to 1 uh, the best possible record you could have going into conference knowing that that FBS game wasn't going to go either of our way. Yes. So, three questions here. The first one I'm going to ask you. Best out of conference win of the out of conference season in the Big Sky. What do you have there for the best out of conference win? So I I have four nominees, um,
1: and I'm going back and forth between all of these. Um, Do you want me to go through them? Do you want to give me yours, and then I can fill in the holes? Well, I'm just going to give you one.
0: When when we set out the outline, it said win, singular. And everybody makes fun of me for my grammar and my vocabulary lately. They haven't done a live show. Montana Parlay writes all this stuff down, so don't ever let him (laughs) give you shit about your grammar. Or what you do when you, we do, and we also cut nothing out of our shows. So anyway, I know that win is singular, and that's why I did one win, and I went with Montana State's win over Southeast Missouri State because it was the only win that a Big Sky Conference team had over a, at the time, ranked FCS team.
1: That was on my list. That was a very good okay. win. Okay, okay. Um, it's definitely not the only win a Big Sky Conference team had over a ranked opponent. because I just assumed that. I also, didn't look back. Also on the list, uh, Idaho beating Eastern Washington.
0: Oh, yeah. They were still ranked, weren't they? Uh, Yep. Shouldn't have been.
1: All right. So that one, uh, I had MSU, SEMO. Uh, I also had the Grizz dominating North Alabama. Uh, and That Why? was that was just a, a great game to watch.
0: Um, so you did that from purely like an aesthetic?
1: This was like the best for me. Um, oh, okay. But then also I had on the list Eastern Washington beating Lindenwood because otherwise they'd be 0-4.
0: True, and they would have lost to a D2 school. Yeah,
1: so good work, Eastern Washington. So that's a you good win, win, win for
0: our friend Kyler Neal, um, the, the Eastern Washington fan from the Big their Sky only win. Podcast Network. <laughs> their only
1: win so far.
0: Okay, it's so I, like, I, I, I get why you, you kind of did each one. You did good for the program, good aesthetically, and then one just to troll Eastern Washington fans. Yeah, that okay, right. that's sounds right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the next one. You're, and I don't know if you did plural on this one too, but what are your worst out-of-conference losses? Oh, yeah, I have three of them.
1: Okay. Um, do you want to give me yours, your singular well, one?
0: They, yeah, let's keep doing it. And it, this one's going to be so obvious that you're going to have it, but it was just the funniest one, I think. And it was Idaho's yeah. <laughs> lost to Penn State where they lost 79-7 to the first game of the season, totally demoralized a whole fan base that has already demoralized for the last two years being dropped down from FBS to FCS. So I thought that was h- hilarious that they just went uh, went to Penn State, got absolutely killed. They made a yeah. lot of money, but it was just the funniest and the worst out of conference loss by far in the uh, out of conference scheduling.
1: No, totally. That was on my list. the The enthusiasm of the tubs at the club's guys early in the season. Uh, you know, well maybe we can. They jumped off course. the bandwagon. Maybe we're a playoff team, and then first game of the year they almost let up eighty points. That was definitely the funniest loss of the year. The other two I had on my list. Uh, was Eastern Washington losing to Jacksonville State just because, you know, looking at their schedule, they kind of needed that win. Uh, yeah, a quality to win push. like that. Yep. Um, that was also the first loss where it was like, oof, maybe maybe there's something else going on with these Eagles. And I think um, it
0: demoralized them a little bit when they lost that lead in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter to Jacksonville State. Maybe played with their psyche a little bit. They're not the closers they once were.
1: Yeah. Um, the other one I had was Northern Colorado losing to Sac State 50-0 to because... You know,
0: Is that a bad loss when you don't expect anything from that team though?
1: When you lose fifty to zero, yes.
0: True or, sure. against a FCS FCS. They, yeah, we,
1: we were not surprised that they lost, but just I mean this isn't even playing up a game, but when you get blown out, like Idaho to Penn State, when you're playing up, you want you want it to be like a thirty five to three game. You know, you want to get some points on the board, you do not want to get shut out and fifty to zero, 79 to seven, both hilarious.
0: True. Okay, I'll go with that one. I would not have picked that one just because I thought it was against, uh, you know, it was a matchup between two teams that aren't on my radar. Sac State's creeping up onto my radar, yep. so I wouldn't have put that on my list. But now that with your explanation, I, I get it. That's a good pick. Thank you. And Northern Colorado is horrible.
1: Horrible, absolutely horrible. It's so unreal, speaking real, unreal that Ernest <laughs> Collins still has a job.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I just. It, you watch their games on, you know, Pluto. You just you look at their teams. It's just like it's the most – it's depressing to me. Yes. Like there's something I, – I like for some reason picture their grass on their field being super long. Like, yeah. They don't have anybody <laughs> to really take care of it.
1: Like overwatered. It's just like, Yeah, like some yeah.
0: public park in the middle of Billings <laughs> that a college team just goes and plays on. Like it's just so weird. Like I just have all these different things. And in my mind about Greeley, I'll probably never go there. Nope. So they're all going to remain realistic in my mind.
1: The only time I'll ever go to Greeley is if they hire Bob Stitt and he lets me come there to interview him. That's it.
0: That'd be the only reason you go to Greeley. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think, I mean, I I can't think of the cats play down in Greeley this year. It's a, you know, just a quick, quick trip over to Denver and then drive up to Greeley and I'm still not going to do it. Like there's no chance.
1: No chance. No chance. it's, It's too far to like really stay in Denver,
0: right? I mean, I think you can make it work.
1: I'm looking it up. A couple Anyways,
0: hours? I'm Anyways, yeah. Northern Colorado sucks. And you know what else sucked was the out of conference scheduling. We talked about it last night on the Big Sky Big Takes podcast. You and I kind of touched on it briefly before we got into the best or the worst win, the best win and the worst loss in out of conference. But the out of conference scheduling this year was an embarrassment to the Big Sky.
1: Yes. I mean, without, without a doubt, it's been the one big. Uh, like, I feel like that's the one thing all teams have agreed on this year is that out of conference play
0: half the teams two-thirds of teams haven't figured out what you need to do and so again we mentioned this last night on the um, on our other big sky big takes podcast but six big sky teams so that's half the league played one or fewer FCS games yeah. heading into conference schedule it's so stupid yeah i played teams, one they got there's the teams win.
1: that still have Fbs games on their schedule for later in it's the year. It's unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. Which makes zero sense there and they they obviously have no they're just getting the money. They don't care about buys, they don't care <laughs> yeah. about staying healthy for the end of the season. Okay, they don't right. have a rival they don't have a rivalry game like Cat Grizz that you want to be fresh for. They have nothing. And so Idaho played 1 FCS game. Sac State played 1 FCS game. Portland State amazingly played 0 FCS games. Cal Poly played I have I have them they played 1 but they played 2. FCS games, Weber one, Idaho state one, Northern Colorado two and Eastern Washington two. And it just blows my mind that the big sky is so reliant on playing up multiple FBS teams to get the money. And also when you do play up that you come back and then play a couple D2 schools for an easy win, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it made it for a really boring out of conference year in my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had something to root for because the Cats and the Grizz scheduled correctly, and we could kind of pick and choose, you know, a handful of interesting games here and there. But overall, it was uh, uh, a big-time disappointment. Just And it's just, yeah. Look, I, and you have to have at least two FCS games, right? If you want to play down. So, I mean, Eastern Washington, I'm fine with their schedule. Right, you play down one, you play up one, and then you have two FCS games. And to their credit, they you know the Jacksonville State game—that's a tough game to schedule like that. True. They, I they—I forget if they were favored in that game, but if Jacksonville State was ranked. Like they knew they were going to be good when they scheduled it. So that, like that model, that is as bad as it should be. Right? It should be two throwaways: one up, two, one down, two, and two FCS and yeah. two FCS games. But anything less than that is just pathetic
0: it is and it's so much more fun to refresh your you know ESPN app or whatever you know app you're keeping track of big sky scores on and actually caring about the majority of the games on there and and, and you kind of touched on it this year in the out of conference schedule we really had montana's games montana state's games and then we got to pick and choose one or two a week to keep an eye on which is why i'm really excited to get into the conference plays cuz you just look at that scoreboard all day yep and look at those matchups and it's going to be really fun once we hit that this saturday
1: yeah, it'll just, yeah, I really can't wait.
0: Neither of us can wait. You can tell the excitement in Bear Tycoon's voice as he's still trying to figure out MapQuest to see how de- far Denver is from Greeley.
1: Hour and 10 minutes. Uh, my favorite out of conference schedule fact, and this is from Andrew Howden from the Idaho State Journal. I think I said it on last week's pod as well, uh, and maybe last night's pods, But Idaho State this year played Northern Iowa in their out of conference uh, slate. It was the first time. The Bengals had played a non-conference matchup against an FCS team since 2008.
0: That's in 11 years. 11 years. That's wow, insane. Wow. If you're a fan that just sucks. And like,
1: Idaho State <laughs> I mean, I don't know <laughs> how many Idaho
0: State Yeah, I don't know how many Idaho State fans are out there. Yeah, not many. Not many, but that would suck.
1: Based on their based on the Pluto stream, not many, but no, it it's pathetic. I just, I, but it it seems like a lot of teams are starting to realize that, but you can't you know, rewrite your, rewrite your schedules in one year. Like this is going to – even if they're thinking about it now, they have contracts. This is going to take a few years to kind of address. Sort which, itself out, yeah. Yeah, it sucks.
0: But, you know, I have a – it's not out of conference trivia, but it is like a weird scheduling trivia, and it kind of speaks to the fact that we have way too many teams in the big sky. But – Montana has not traveled to u c Davis since two thousand and nine. Oh wow. Ten years since UC Davis has hosted the University of Montana. That's, yeah, that's wild. Um, that is wild. and like I said, it doesn't have anything to do without a conference, but it just has it's a stupid thing to do with scheduling, and I thought we were somewhat on that wavelength there. Yeah, nope.
1: nowhere near close to fixing this.
0: no, so. We have conference schedules back on the docket for this week, but we do want to go over a couple games that were last week. We're going to start out with the Montana at Monmouth game. University of Montana escaped that one relatively unscathed, 47-27. The interesting – there was two interesting things when I was refreshing my scores watching this one. It was that it was 0-0 after the first quarter and that yeah. the Grizz were only up 7 at halftime.
1: Yeah, I mean that was, that was concerning. It certainly kind of – you know felt like a portland state redo um but look good teams win and good teams play better in the second half and good teams can put away crumier teams uh the grizz did what they needed to do in the second half so any concerns i had in the first half disappeared based on you know their dominance in the second half they i mean this is kind of their mo this year yeah the team certainly has flaws the grizz have flaws and you know, we've talked about them uh before, but uh what you need to do in those games is, is close it out. I feel like in the last three years that's a game that uh we don't close out. Um or it's close down to the wire. And then, you know, we're only winning because we block a field goal against Idaho State. Right? Like yeah. We've had too many close games. So uh you know, Monmouth, North Alabama, these aren't great FCS opponents, but I've been very impressed at what Bobby Hauk has done with his team in order of just not in the second half, (laughs) not only getting the W's, but beating teams thoroughly. Yeah. But you look, look, I'm going to view the Grizz on the game as game on the, on the whole. So uh, the outcome is what I want. They're not squeaking. Is that at all concerning? Is that
0: all concerning when you look at it though, if you have a team that's better than these, you know, Monmouth, North Alabama, and they start out hot and the Grizz have to actually work their way out of a, bigger hole against a better opponent does that does their first half struggles or slowness concern you there
1: no it, it truly doesn't because we had the opposite of this last year and didn't have a great record right we were beating opponents pretty heavily in in the first half first quarter we outscored opponents 116 to 72 second quarter 102 to 60 uh but it was that fourth quarter that was killing us where we got beat 134 to 72 in the fourth quarter last year I good teams close out good teams play four a quarter. So if the game's close at halftime and the grids know that they can put it away and do put it away in the second half, that's all I need. Okay.
0: I'm going to go with, I would be concerned, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. They're a flawed You know, team. If you're playing, well, I know. I'm not
0: saying that they're a perfect teamer and I don't yeah. think you said that either, but I was just thinking, you know, if you flipped it a little bit where you actually are, you know, like this week against Davis, it's going to be a lot tougher team than they've seen, you know, in Monmouth, North Alabama, and whatever the other third one, I can't even remember, South Dakota. Yeah. And there were games were close in that first half. You know, if you get a team that's explosive like a Davis um, or, you know, I don't even know if they play in any, I don't have their schedule up, but, you know, a team like that could be a little bit bigger of a hole to climb out of. So it's something to watch, something interesting to watch. By no means do I think the Grizz are perfect or do I think they're Bad in any way? I just something to look at as we keep going here. Yep. Uh, go forward. One thing I did notice was Eastwood zero carries against Monmouth. He's not even getting carries against garbage teams now. Well, we
1: got we got Marcus Knight. What more do we need?
0: Well, you don't need much more if he keeps running like that. Twenty-one carries, <laughs> one hundred and fifty yards in a tug. He's good. He's really good. Um, crazy how fast Eastwood lost that job though.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you know, this is this is how. Coach Elk operates. He wants every job is open all the time. Has been his motto for for a while, and that's that's what we're seeing, right? Like this is this is how it should work. The best yeah, the players, best players gonna the play. The best players play. Uh, I Definitely. also love in that game, um, and I think uh, Brent made this point on the Grizz Fan Podcast. But just how the Grizz were spreading the ball around, unlike you know in the in the Bob Stitt era where you know there'd be ten guys. With a reception, but everyone would have one or two. The Grizz had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players with four or more catches, Um, and you know. Then Marcus Knight caught one out of the backfield. It's just one reception, but I I like how there's a lot of different weapons, right? You can't completely focus on Sammy Akim. You can't completely focus on Jerry Louis McGee. Like there's other guys stepping up. Our tight ends for the first time since I remember. Uh, watching the Grizz our tight ends you know had a meaningful game so if you look at the Grizz three victories one was one in the air one was one on the ground and this week uh it was really one based on our tight end play and so they're they're doing they're winning games in a lot of different
0: a lot of different ways okay so that's that's last week that's Monmouth it's the last out of conference game we have for the Grizz we have a massive matchup coming up this week as the Grizz travel down to UC Davis to take on the Aggies for, like we said, the first time that the Grizz will be in UC Davis in 10 years. I think I saw that on Twitter, so I, and I did not research it at all. That's so if we were 100% surprising. wrong, just tweet at Bear Tycoon and tell him that uh, <laughs> Davis actually did host the Grizz in the last 10 years. But anyway, massive, massive game. Yep. And I think you and I both know that the two spotlight players are going to be the two quarterbacks from Davis and from Montana.
1: Totally. Dalton Sneed, Jake Meyer, Uh we're blessed with a lot of really good quarterback play in the Big Sky Conference. Um, but these are two of the best, arguably the two best. Um yeah, you throw Case Cookies, throw Eric Barrier in there, but these are the guys um that everyone should be watching. Their defense, both UC Davis and, and the Grizz defense is susceptible to the long ball. And that's something that, you know, probably isn't a great a great uh uh I feel like that's going to work against the Grizz more than it is against UC Davis. Um, so I think there's both of these guys are going to put up a ton of yardage.
0: Yeah, and so it's funny when you look at their stats, side-by-side, side, Mayer and Sneed. they're both at 67% completion rate on the year. Mayor has tw- uh, 1,233 yards. Sneed has 1,217 yards. So they're 16 yards apart in total passing. Mayer, seven touchdowns. Sneed eight touchdowns. Mayer, five interceptions. Sneed four interceptions. They are the exact same quarterback this year. The one thing though, Sneed's gone up against the 100. How many teams are there in FCS?
1: 126. 30 ish, yeah. I
0: think it's 126. Okay. So Sneed has gone up against the 126th ranked pass defense, the 125th ranked pass defense, and the 84th ranked pass defense. And do you know why he hasn't gone up against the 124th pass ranked defense? Why is that? Because that's the Grizzlies. And he actually has. So I take that back. He has gone up against the 124th ranked pass D in practice.
1: He looks so good in every practice, yeah. Exactly.
0: So he has played an easier out-of-conference schedule when you look at the passing defense that he's played against. Mayer's gone against 85, 43, 47. So a big difference in the level of competition. I I look at that as something that makes me think that Mayer may have a little bit bigger day than Snead will. But, again, Snead may come out and just – blowed out the box too. And he just never had a chance to show it against better competition yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, he, you know, I wouldn't say like San Diego and Lehigh are, uh, you know, huge stats. Game. Don't lie though. Stats don't lie, but you know, mayor Meyer, he, he's definitely had a tougher out of conference schedule. No doubt. NDSU and Cal. Um, but I, I think the similarities on these two teams don't, just stop at the uh, at the quarterback play. Tell me um, more.
0: What other similarities do you see?
1: Rushing per game. UC Davis right over 100 yards. The Grizz are at 130. Uh, total offense. They're within 30 yards of each other per game. Um, passing yards a game, though, that is – that is uh, there's a big discrepancy there. UC Davis only allowing 209 yards a game to the Grizz, 324. So – you know, a game like this, the grids just have to be smart, limit turnovers, and uh, control time of possession.
0: So, what are you thinking? Over or under two hundred and fifty yards for Dalton Sneed through the air?
1: Oh, over for sure for both of them. Okay, yeah. For,
0: oh yeah. What do well, you? Think? yeah, Sneed for sure. He's going against one hundred twenty fourth ranked pass defense.
1: You mean Ma- Mayer Meyer? What uh? What do you think? Over You're right under for Mayer Meyer. T-
0: over over under, under. I'm probably going to go over as well. So let's go. What what do you think he gets to three hundred?
1: Yeah, no, I do. I think I – think Okay, I'll take under 300. Okay. I set
0: the over-under way too low. I would have lost a mo- lot of money if I was a bookie on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so, so the Grizz, like we said, traveling down to Northern California to play Davis. And the first thought I have in mind is the Grizz suck away from Washington Grizzly Stadium, right? You know, it's always like the atmosphere is not going to be the same. It's not Washington Grizzly. You don't have the, this massive stadium with all these fans, the energy of coming out of the tunnel – all the obvious things right that we say yeah I, looked, I think that, i think that's bullshit it is actually i looked back in the last Good. two seasons and you would in the grizz and this is a lot to do with their collapse at the end of last season but the grizz are 4 and 4 at home in conference play in the last 2 years so 2017 and 2018 and they're actually 5 and 3 on the road in conference play so they are actually playing better Out um, on the road in conference games than they are at home, so it's one hundred. It's a total one eighty of what I would have thought when I started looking at those numbers.
1: Yeah, well, and if you look at, um, you know, their actual losses, like who they're losing to, um, yeah, they're playing. They're they're winning at North Dakota, uh, but they're usually playing in front. Like these losses are usually in front of bigger crowds, right? They lost at Washington. They lost at Montana State um well those were just
0: those are just conference games though
1: no but i mean my point is they i'm not worried about i don't think there's a trend anywhere um that the grizz are losing because they're
0: playing on the road or in in weaker oh there's not and I, i honestly thought there was gonna be though when i went back to do the only research that i ever really do which is just look at schedules and just tally mark on a scratch page you know yeah, for the wins well, I mean, my biggest research project of the year, probably. <laughs> and it did not turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, we got Dick nailed in uh, uh the Arliss <laughs> Center at, in nor- against North Dakota last year, 41-14. It doesn't matter. Good crowds, bad crowds. The grids over the yeah, past couple of years. It's also two, just, diff- just like two different sports. coaches.
0: Yeah, two different coaches. Stitt yeah. and 17, Hauk in 18. How had a worse record at home, actually, than Stitt did. So it's kind of it went, North went w- both ways. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. but so it's it kind of funny. I, I drew a line under it. So, under in Stitz last year, they were three and one at home and two and two away. And then last year, they went one and three at home and went three and one away. It was the weirdest thing last year under in Houck's first year. Yeah. Last, I mean, so
2: who the hell knows?
1: Yeah. Last year's games, I mean, including the last time they played UC Davis last year, the Grizz were up. You remember, they were up 21 to three at halftime and ended up losing 49 to 21. Oh 46, yeah, that was insane. Amazing, forty six <laughs> unanswered points. They were up twenty one thirteen after the third quarter.
0: Yeah, I was getting. Uh, I think we, we talked about this last year. I think I had just gotten back from like London. We were at San Francisco Airport, Whoa, and I, a big so I shot. turned my phone. I know it was London, big deal. Uh, so I turned on my phone, and it's a it's halftime. So the Grizz are winning. Get into an Uber, and it's just nonstop notifications from that game. And yeah. it's UC Davis scored a touchdown. UC Davis, mayor to whoever, mayor to whoever. And I was like, what is going on? I thought my phone was broken. Like just re repeating the same alert over and over. And then I looked at, it, I was like, no, they just got their ass kicked in the second half. Yeah, no. So, it was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. I think the Grizz, you know, they have, a, your, obviously they have a tough schedule Um a tough out of conference schedule. But I think that, when they're looking at it and circling games that they care about this year, obviously Montana State is being circled, and I think UC Davis is being circled. Oh, for sure. because yeah. it is, With UC
0: Davis's rise to the top, this is circled on every contender schedule, especially the Grizz after what happened last year.
1: And also in their eyesight, eye line, is uh, Portland State. That line might be... Revenge game? That game, they might beat them by 120 points because that was one of the worst Grizz losses I can ever remember. Yeah. Also Grizz fans who are considering going to Portland for that game on November 2nd, I'm looking on uh, ESPN right now and there's tickets as low as $0. So they're paying,
0: they're basically paying you to go, go to Portland state nuts. games. Now.
1: This is unreal. I can't so what is
0: your, what is your prediction for this game? What is the score prediction um, that you're going to do on this Grizz uh, Davis game?
1: So I, I think the Grizz win. Um, much like how I I foresaw uh, Idaho beating Eastern Washington. Oh yeah. Uh, I think the Grizz knew they've had this game. They've had a you know since South Dakota. I think they prepared for South Dakota because uh, they needed to get that road win. But they knew that North Alabama and Monmouth were uh probably pretty winnable games. And I think they've been looking at this game knowing that you know not only would it be nice to get a road win, but they Every one of these games is is going to be competitive. Most of these games should be competitive, anyways, and they need to get wins where they can't. They can't look over any game, and I think Hauk wants this big time. So I'll say uh, the Grizz are going to win this like forty two to thirty five. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think a good Grizz, game, yeah, yeah. I think the Grizz come out on top. And okay, but
0: also Nate,
1: it's my birthday, so I think the Grizz are going to deliver.
0: Oh well, I'll tell you happy birthday on Saturday then. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm going to go the opposite route there, obviously. I'm oh, going to go Davis. Weird. I know. Weird, huh? I'm going to go Davis wins 38 to 30. 38 to 3?
1: 38 to 30. Okay. The grids are going to score. The grids are going
0: to score. Yeah. That, that would just be a 100% troll job if I said 38 to 3. <laughs> so I gave him 27 extra points, 38 to 30. Okay.
1: Thank you. I think that's all right. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
0: Okay, so we're going to go on to Montana State. So a win over a pretty shitty Norfolk State team. We don't really have to get into specifics about this game. The one big thing was right before the game, we knew before anybody else did, that Tucker Rovig was going to be starting over Casey Bauman in week four after Casey Bauman led the Cats to a 2-1 record. And that short leash that Jeff Cho talked about was gone in a blink of an eye
1: (laughs) in a blink of an eye sources say Jeff Choate not a man of his word uh based on uh what happened to poor Casey Ballman. well I mean so is he I've not been reading anything um really about this he is the starter going forward he's listed as QB1 yeah he's QB1 on the depth chart and Bauman's number two
0: yes Bauman's number two Beltran number three and Troy number four man what a turn of events what a turn of events! And uh, it's kind of funny to show. And um, we have Paul Schwedelson on from the Bojan Chronicle. Uh, after this, and we kind of talked about what it was like in the stadium when they announced that Rovig was starting. But and like we talked about in that interview, it was on a this change in quarterback was on the pregame radio broadcast that nobody in yeah. the stadium is obviously listening to, unless you're one of those weirdos that goes to a game and puts the headphones in so they can watch the game, so that they can watch the game and get the Audio too, right? Those weirdos, yeah. like the old guys.
1: I don't even know I wouldn't even know where to buy like a portable radio. Me neither.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know where that would be either. But anyway Nobody there knew except for anybody that had been listening to the interview. The only way that everybody in the stadium found out was basically watching the pregame warmups and on the scoreboard. So it was unbelievable. Sources say. Sources, sources say, say Tucker those, Everybody, everybody up in that press box was pretty dialed into their sources. Like, There's in sources, Tucker it was probably someone in. that was, someone was like went to their kid's soccer game in the morning in Helena, was driving in and listening to the radio. <laughs> exactly. And then like DM'd them and like, you guys didn't report on this this week. And then they were like, ooh. Sources Not, say.
1: Sources say. Holy moly.
0: We have our own damn sources. It's the radio. Coach Chote. <laughs> 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 Who's your Anyways, source?
1: Uh great game though. I liked it was uh, fun. I liked you know the four hundred and forty nine yards rushing for the Bobcats is Unbelievable. Uh, pretty impressive. Especially when you consider that zero of those yards were uh Troy Anderson.
0: And zero of those yards were Isaiah Fonseca either. Yeah. Lane yeah. Subner, Shane Perry, Logan Jones, all rushed for over 100 yards. It was the first time uh, the Cats had done that for a number of years. I saw that on Twitter, too, and the last time that happened, but I cannot remember. And yeah. I'm not just going to make up that stat like I did the Grizz one. So that's Good. me being responsible.
1: Thank you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Yeah, so, I mean, great game, great, great game the for the The symmetry. Cats, nice win. Remember the symmetry? Oh, yeah, almost had the it. The scoreboard symmetry. Perfect.
0: So Montana State scored 14 in every single quarter of this game for a nice even 56. If Norfolk state would have just scored one more touchdown in the fourth quarter and hit the extra point, we would have had of a 14 to seven score in every single quarter. And looking at that zero on that box score ruins all the symmetry for me.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, some people aren't even going to know what the hell I'm talking about either. Yeah, just look at the box score. You'll realize what, what he's talking about. He's so amazing. close. Yeah. I love
0: that stuff. Yep. Um, either way. So a good win against a shitty Norfolk State team. Isaiah Fonse didn't play. Trey Anderson didn't play. It's basically a bye week for the Cats. It was also, I think, a tryout for Tucker Rovig uh, to earn that job back. If he comes out and has a shitty game against Norfolk State, it's going to be bombing going this weekend against um, NAU. So Cho just played this game is basically a large practice in my mind, like a live scrimmage against a shitty team that they just bust in. And Sat is too – Sat two of his stars, let Rovick come in and get his sea legs, and I think it all worked out pretty damn well for the Cats.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly what that's a
0: long. That's a long way to come from Norfolk, Virginia, to get your ass handed to you like that. <laughs> yeah. A long way.
1: Yep, absolutely. So,
0: like I said, Norfolk State, the biggest story was just the Rovick bombing thing. So we come to a, another massive game for Montana State. It's one that you, you as a fan, you're excited to start the conference season. It's not like the Cats are heading to Greeley, heading to Pocatello, heading to San Luis Obispo. It's a, it's a strong, and I would say upper echelon, Big Sky team in NAU coming to town in Bozeman. My boy, not this weekend, but usually my boy, Case Cookus, coming to Bozeman, the first time he sat foot in Montana since getting thrown out of a game. Yeah, two years ago against the Grizz.
1: Two years ago, uh, we have an interview coming up with Case Cookus and defensive back Anthony Sweeney uh, that we recorded over the summer. But we asked Case about uh, getting thrown out of the stadium. Um, I gave him my theory that he knew the cameras were on him and wanted to make SportsCenter by throwing the hissy fit that he threw. Um, but it's a great interview. He's he, he and Anthony are both you know. Uh, uh, great players, uh, great, great guys to interview. Uh, and they talk about how they ended up at NAU, how they got recruited there, kind of their path there, uh, and what they think about coming up to Montana and playing in front of these giant crowds. So uh, that's coming up here shortly. Um, Nate, yes. anything? I know you talked with uh, Paul Schwedelson. Yep. Paul, Paul, Paul um And we got that coming up too.
0: Yes, we do. So that's a really cool interview. It's great to talk to First time he's been on this podcast um, and, and, uh, we had a really good conversation kind of about last weekend, the bombing thing, and then also coming up, obviously about NAU and a couple things this week. So I'm looking forward to this game. I'm going to be there. Super excited. Uh, cats are getting Troy back. Cats are getting Isaiah Fonse back. One little, little bit of a hit there is Logan Jones is going to be out with an injury. So he's not on the depth chart this week, which is kind of a hit, especially when you, when you want to give Isaiah Fonse a spell, but it's going to be really nice to have Troy back uh, on the defensive side of the ball and throw a little wrinkle into the offense as well. And then, you know, uh, having Isaiah Fonse, the leading rusher from last year back, is going to be massive uh, as well. So uh, looking forward to this game. A little bit nervous. And he's a good team. Case Cook is a 10th year senior. Yeah. Yep.
1: Knows he's how to a, play quarterback. Would you
0: say he knows how to play quarterback?
1: He knows how to play quarterback. He is, he's what, top three quarterback in the league? He's right in that conversation when we talk about the best.
0: Yeah, he's going to be there with Berrier, Mayer, Sneed, and and, and him. He's that other. Yeah. He's that fourth guy that you would put up on the Mount Rushmore right now of Big Sky quarterbacks.
1: Yep. that That's exactly how Mount Rushmores work.
0: I think so. they're interchangeable, so Rovig is probably going to be the next one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, well, should we kick it to the Cookus interview?
0: All right, let's do it. Let's get to the interviews. But first, we do have a brand new sponsor. Yeah, we do. It's about Huge time! Yeah. so excited for this. So this brought this podcast is brought to you in part by Logjam Presents.
1: Man, Logjam Presents. Uh, for you, if you don't know Logjam Presents, you definitely know the work that they're doing around the state. Basically, every cool concert. Uh, that you've seen coming in and out of Bozeman and Missoula. These guys are responsible for in Missoula. They have the 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 Wilma, the Top Hat, the Kettle House Amphitheater. In Bozeman, they also run uh, and pr- promote for the Historic Rialto Theater. Uh, and guess what? There's a show this weekend. So, Nate, you're going to be in Bozeman. I'll be there. You have friends and family coming to the game Friday night. Friday night uh, ranges, which is this really awesome uh, Bozeman band is having their album release party at the Rialto. These guys are touring all over the United States, all over Europe. They are Montana guys, uh, based out of Bozeman. Um, in addition to good music, they have some of the just coolest gear I've ever seen. Uh, if check them out on Instagram to get a taste of what they have to offer. Uh, but Friday night, go check them out. You're going to be in town. You're going to need something to do. Check them out at the Rialto. Uh, and Nate, I mean, are you going to go?
0: I'm going to be there, and I'm going to get my tickets for this event at the Rialto on Friday, September 27th, at logjampresents.com. Exactly how it sounds, logjampresents.com. Go there to get tickets. Logjam presents live music redefined. Thanks, Logjam. Yeah, thanks, Logjam. All right. So with that, we are going to kick it to our first interview with Case Cookis and Anthony Sweeney and NAU. And Anthony Sweeney. I forgot who the other one was. Listen to the interview.
1: We are here with Case Cookus, senior quarterback for Northern Arizona, Anthony Sweeney, sophomore defensive back. Guys, you're playing Montana State at the end of September. Uh, let's just kind of start there. What has it changed for you in terms of preparation going into a game when you know there's going to be a big, active crowd?
3: And, Anthony, we'll we'll start with you on the defensive side. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Montana and Montana State are both known for their crowds. Uh, a couple years back, we were actually played Montana up in uh, Montana, and unfortunately I was injured, so I didn't have a chance to play there. So I'm just hearing stories about it. Um, you know, from what I've heard, the, the hardest thing I think there is to deal with is, you know, Having to kind of zone the fans out, tune the fans out. Um, but you know, me personally, I love a huge crowd. It kind of gets you pumped up, gets you going a little bit. So um, having, you know, I've played in some in front of some big crowds before. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is just not to get too high, um, kind of keep myself level, um, and uh, look for the bigger picture, which is actually playing in the game and uh, not getting too caught up in you know the whole emotion uh, aspect of the game. But um, you know, just staying focused and uh, you know worrying about the task at hand, which is you know going in and performing to the best of my abilities.
4: Okay, so what about you? I think uh, overall, after playing in I have played in a few loud stadiums, it's it's focusing on the little things. Um, if you let those slip, overall, uh, that's when the crowd's gonna get to you. You're, you're gonna be, feel flustered. You're not you're not gonna feel prepared. So it's it's going in. Focusing on those little things, and, and overall, like like he said, you you can't worry about the crowd. You know, you know that the crowd's there; they're gonna be rowdy, uh, but you gotta you know focus on each play. Um, you know what we're doing, what my job is on each play, and and other than that, you know it's gonna be loud. The communication between the center and, and quarterback is obviously very important. We focus on that, uh, especially during practice during that week, uh, um, and overall. Like I said, it's just just the little things matter, especially going to those loud stadiums.
1: Got it. Um, it. So both of you are at Northern Arizona. Neither of you are from Arizona. Can you talk a little bit? Because uh, I think it'd be helpful for fans to get some insight into this. Kind of what the recruitment process was to get you to NAU and uh, become a lumberjack.
4: Uh, mine's kind of a weird long story. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't get I was not heavily recruited out of high school, uh, so I ended up going to a junior college uh, for a season, sat, sat out there and. Uh, sent out my film um, they actually uh, Northern Arizona had a committed quarterback uh, who decommitted ended up going to Virginia or something uh, and so they were looking for a junior college guy but they were looking for a guy that was three for two or something like that and uh, they ended up ended up finding me and I came out uh, worked out for them a little bit and they, they you know they, they liked the way I threw the ball um, and, and from there I, I worked hard got the offer like three weeks later. Uh, which is just a really weird, quick process. Most people, you know, get the, the out of high school offer and things like that. But we we recruit pretty heavily out of Southern California and Arizona because there's there's a lot of good talent in those areas. What about you, Anthony?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, similar to Case, uh, I didn't have a lot of you know options coming out of high school. Um, so I was just very fortunate that you know Jerome Sowers, head coach at the time, had given me this opportunity. Um, you know, continue to work hard, work my way up. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to have fun with it. You know, it is being from Northern California, the Bay Area, um, it seems close, California, Arizona. But it is sometimes a struggle getting back home uh, for the holidays. You know, the guys up in Phoenix can, you know, for Thanksgiving, just kind of go, go back home. Um, so it's tough being away from home a little bit. But um, you know, you're on a mission here. Uh, student athlete at Northern Arizona University. So you know, that's my biggest you know, concern. That's my biggest priority. Um, You know, I'm very grateful for my family because you know they, you know, are always up here visiting. I have an opportunity to see them. Um, They travel pretty well to our games, uh, home and away. So uh, I think that's one of the big things for me, being so family-oriented, is you know being able to see my family, especially during season when you know schedules kind of get tight. So uh, you know, it's been a process, but you know, it's it's been awesome. You know, I'm I'm enjoying my time. I love NAU, and um, you know, just looking forward to a great season and. you know, going from there.
1: Got it. Uh obviously last season didn't go as planned in uh, case you got knocked out week two I um, hope you're feeling better looks like you're you're ready to rock this year. Um, what what is your goal going into this season so this is gonna air right when conference play is starting uh, to, to kick up so right when you know you really need to uh, uh, have the season going in the direction you want to what is the goal for both of you going into the 2019 season?
4: You know, I think for, for me personally uh, I'm looking for uh, you know low turnover rate. Uh, high high completion percentage, I think, uh, it, you know, if I get into the 70%, I'm, I'm usually having a good game, um, you know, and, and we'll be, we're able to win those games when, when I'm, I'm competing at a high level. Uh, overall, as, as a team, we really want to focus week by week. Um, you know, you can't get ahead of yourself in the big sky. Uh, really dangerous conference. The, the teams that, you know, you don't think twice about all of a sudden come back, back to bite you in the butt. So you really got to focus week by week. Uh, we got a really tough away schedule, um, including Montana State, uh, which will be which will be a tough game for us traveling up there. Uh, but over overall, it's it's just got to be one thing at a time.
1: Anthony, what's the goal for you coming into this year?
3: Um, I know for myself personally, uh, being in the Big Sky, which is such a you know a heavy, high offensive conference. Um, you know, I have my. Individual goals, but as a defense we did a great job of taking the ball away last year um, We were high up there in the country So I think that's what we're stressing the most this offseason is we have to continue to take the ball away You know whether that's getting the ball out the air as DBs um, Being physical, you know in the box uh, also being physical as DBs, you know I, I'm I like to think of myself as one of those guys who likes to come up and hit um, but I could also, you know play the post so I just think that's the biggest thing for us uh, as a defense is, you know, we have to continue to take the ball away. Um, you know, when our offense comes out and puts up points, which they will put up a lot of points, we have to, you know, capitalize on the defensive end. Um, and like Kay said, we do have a very tough away schedule this year, uh, Montana State included. So we have to, you know, continue to focus on the little things, the details, and come out. We have to keep working hard every day, day in, day out. And you know, if we do that, everything else will fall into place.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned you're in Montana uh, two seasons ago. Um, you were injured, didn't make the trip. I'm assuming you watched the game on, on TV. Um, so I'm going to ask you this question first, then we'll get over to Case. Obviously, the you know one of the bigger storylines from Big Sky Conference the past couple of years uh, was that Case was the first quarterback uh, who got called for a targeting call, ejected from the game. Uh, it was a very emotional moment. You watching on TV back home, uh, tell me what
3: was going through your head about what the heck was happening. Um. Well, the first thing I, I thought when I saw the hit was i didn't think it was a targeting um I thought it was just a hard hit by a quarterback uh that was a really hard hit by a quarterback, but you know we laugh about it now um uh it was you know hard case was he 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 had a great game you know leading up to that point and um I know it was very early in the game um but now it's just a topic of conversation. It was pretty funny uh, at the time it wasn't funny but uh Again, I didn't really think it was a targeting call. I just thought it was a hard hit by a quarterback. But like I said, we joke about it now. You know, Case is the only quarterback I've known to get a, a targeting call, so that's always a topic of conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I was you know back home watching it, so I could only imagine what you know Case himself was going through being there uh, in Montana.
1: In so. uh, Case, I have a theory I want to throw at you, and I thought this in the moment. Obviously, yeah. got to check. You were super heated walking off the yeah, field. Was there anything going on in your head? This is my theory. That, all right, you got, they called a targeting, reviewed the play, and you knew at that moment, this is going to be national news. So I have to exit. I can't just, you know, walk off the field. I need to exit with some emotion because this might be a sports center moment. Is there there anything to that theory?
4: I I like to look at it as like a a manager that got kicked out of a baseball game. You know, you're going to let everyone know how upset you are about the call. You know, at the time, I thought the call was completely wrong. I look back, definitely questionable. You know, it could have gone either way, but I put myself in that position. But for sure, you know, I was letting everyone hear how I felt about it. You know, I'm, I'm a competitor. I, you know, if you take the game away from me, it's gonna be an emotional time. So uh, for me, it was it was a pretty mo- emotional moment. I didn't de- do anything too stupid, you know. I might have said a few, a few things that I probably shouldn't have. But overall, looking back now, uh, it's a funny story to tell. Um, you know, the guys bring it up all the time. It'll pop up on social media every once in a while. Uh, but it's definitely definitely a story.
1: Good. We have one of our uh, one of our riders who are on the Grizz Focus podcast. There's a great picture of him like over the railing screaming at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I will put that screenshot up oh, on Twitter no, and. Uh, and t- you. Yeah, yeah.
4: We have uh, there's a there's a picture of me and uh, one of our equipment guys that they put up, and it's you know me I got my arms up you know waving around and uh, that you know they had me signing and stuff because it's just a, a funny moment you know and I was walking off snowballs are getting thrown at me you know they're throwing stuff at me so it was it was a good moment they got a great crowd up there and uh, you know I'm glad the The guy was all right that I hate. I think it was numbers thirty-six or something. So, um, you know, because that's always what you worry about too—is you know, you gotta make sure those guys are all right. But looking back now, it's a funny story, and everyone came out of it all right. You know, they they got the best of us on that one. (laughs) All right,
1: last question I have for you. Uh, I'll start with you, Anthony, Northern Arizona. Are you guys a playoff team?
3: I think we're we're a team where we can accomplish anything as long as we keep working hard. You know, we have all the pieces there. you know, we could be a great team this year. Uh, like I said, we just have to keep working hard, keep getting better every day, and, you know, um, we'll get wherever, or whatever we go after this year. So it just comes down to how hard we work as a team and how well we play together and how much we focus on the little things uh, throughout the season.
4: Yeah, I think uh, I think absolutely we are. Um, you know, I think uh, with the talent we have, we should no question make the playoffs and make a run at that Big Sky Championship and even a run deep into the playoffs. But I think for us, we really have to focus week by week. I think we can't get ahead of ourselves. Um, and, and for us, if we do that, I think we have a really good shot at, at the Big Sky Championship plus making a run in the playoffs. Well, good luck this season, guys,
1: and thanks for taking the time. Absolutely.
0: All right, thanks to Case Cookus and Anthony Sweeney, NAU football players that will be coming to Bozeman this weekend. We really appreciate their time at the Media Days. Next, we're going to go to Paul Schwedelson from the Bozeman Chronicle. He handles Bobcat football, Bobcat basketball. But, but first, we're going to have Parlay's Takes. <music>
5: Welcome to Week 5 of Parlays Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. We roll into conference play with a nice little win from last week. And we're up to 90 minties. The Cats and the Grizz enter conference play with 3-1 records. But most importantly, each have 3-1 records against the spread. We'll see how that plays out the rest of the year. Montana State hosts NAU in what should be an interesting matchup case cookus comes to town the cats are currently 11 and a half point favorites i'm staying away from that one for now montana travels to uc davis where they are currently getting seven points after opening at only four and a half point underdogs i think we might be able to find a way to wager on that game first off There might be a lead pipe lock here in Week 5, and that takes us to Southern Utah, where Cal Poly comes to town. They are getting a point and a half, where Southern Utah just got off a drudging at the hands of South Dakota State. Cal Poly had a bye. I think Cal Poly might be a better team, even without the bye, and Southern Utah getting their butts kicked last week. I'm putting... 30 minties on that one. Back to Montana versus UC Davis. I like a little parlay here. We're going to put Montana plus 7 over 59 with Weber State money line over U and I. That will pay 4 to 1. We're going to put 5 minties down to win 20. That'll do it for this week's picks. Good luck to all you gamblers out there. And give us a follow on Twitter at Montana Park.:
0: All right, we're here with Paul Schwedelson from the Bozeman Chronicle, follows Montana State football, Montana State basketball. And we, uh, thank you for coming on, Paul. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Definitely. So, uh, first off, I do need to go over one thing with you. I need you to cease and desist on saying that Greg Ruckowicz was the first person to be high on Koi Steel, because that goes to me.
3: No, no, absolutely not. I mean, when you cover the team, you know, uh,
2: you know, me, and, you know, obviously, you know, um, me and Colton, uh, sports editor at Chronicle, and Greg, um, you know, at our interviews, you know, whenever we're um, waiting around for, you know, for player availability or. Um, different things like that in the press box again. You know, we obviously spend a lot of time together, so I gotta, I gotta stick with my guy. Greg. Um, I gotta stick
0: with my guy, Greg. We, we we're gonna have to get a couple of our lawyers on that because um, I think I was the first, um, and we're we're quote unquote media. We're not we're not real media, but I'm the first quote unquote media to uh, be high on Koi. So we'll have to just uh, agree to disagree on that one. But no, no, I'm
2: I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Greg goes back to at least like two spring games ago, like coming off his
0: redshirt year. Okay, I mean, I'll have to go back and look at the tape. I'll have to go see when I first started uh, started tweeting about him and, and, and podcasting about him. But um, I'll, I'll do a little research. We'll get back. We'll circle around on that one because I'm, I'm not going to let this I, one if go. I,
2: if, I remember, if I remember correct, I believe it was the spring game 2018. If you go back, both Corey Steel and Willie Passon both played, I think, pretty well that day. Okay, uh,
0: and, I'm going to write that so down. I'm going to check plan, that out.
2: So since then, Greg has been been
0: all about coysty. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna have to go back and do a little bit of research. We will circle back around on that, and I will call it out every time I see it tweeted, even if it is uh, inaccurate. But uh, pretty cool to watch him uh, come on as a uh, you know a walk on and perform at this level. Uh, do you see it when he scores, or you know when that team sees a, a guy that was a former walk on or a walk on like that really producing? Do you see that kind of galvanize the team?
2: Definitely. I think. I think. Not necessarily the fact that he was a, a former walk-on. I think he's just someone who uh, kind of has been almost like a, a model type of player. I know he's you know still still relatively young, mm-hmm. um, but you, you you talk about a, a player who has kind of uh, come in probably a little bit undersized, uh, you know, small town, you know, type of player from you know being from Wyoming and uh, not not anything big time, not anything flashy, um, but just kind of that that model example of you know, kind of come in pretty quiet most of the time, just kind of doesn't work. I believe, if I remember correctly, I I believe he might have been roommates with Troy Anderson last year. Okay. Um, And and Troy Anderson, you know, pretty much the same way. Obviously, people are, you know, more familiar with him, you know, kind of outside of the Montana State sphere, Um, you know, just being with what he was doing last year and playing quarterback and everything like that. But, you know, as we all know, Troy is definitely on the quieter side and very humble, and, uh, you know, I think – Coy Steele probably uh, fits that mold as well, and um, again, just someone who uh, just kind of worked his way up the depth chart, and now is yeah. getting an opportunity to play. And I mean, you listen to the interviews. I mean, Jeff showed he said it after the game on Saturday. He was like, you know, he was asked a question about koi Steele, and he just he just like stopped mid-answer. He was like, you know, I just love, I just love that guy.
0: Yeah, he's definitely uh, my favorite so, player on the team right now as well.
2: Really? I think I'm i I think that's so interesting. You know, you know how fans. Um, or, you know, have different
0: people following the team kind uh, of, uh, you know, latch yeah. on to, latch on to players, one, so one player just yeah,
2: randomly. I mean, yeah. yeah, definitely. so And I'm sure it's probably the reason why I said that his teammates like him I probably single one reason to why
0: why you might like him. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of gets, gets down to business. And that, that catch against Texas Tech was awesome, seeing him get that first career – touchdown in a in a Big 12 game like that. So that was that was pretty cool to see. So the biggest story from last week when we went into that Norfolk State game that we didn't know was a big story until the day of the game was uh, Coach Cho putting Tucker Rovig in instead of Casey Bauman. How did you find out when you were at the stadium that this change was being made? Because I was not at the game but had been listening to the radio interview with Coach Cho where he actually said that Rovig was going to be starting. But then I saw on Twitter that you know, Greg, uh, the Skyline guys had been tweeting that there were sources that were saying Robig was was going to start. So, how did you find out in the stadium that he had changed quarterbacks?
2: Uh, when when it came up on the jumbotron when they introduced the starting line. Really? Yeah.
0: It was so interesting um, because, yeah, but it was
2: maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe I I know um, I know I think uh I think we we were talking about it the other day. I think Greg said that he noticed while they were warming up, that Rovig was kind of with the ones when they do kind of like a quick little team period um, in warm-ups. Um, so maybe I maybe, maybe I should have been uh, paying a little bit more attention during in warm-ups. <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah, but- it was
0: definitely on that. It was The weirdest part was the radio interview happened. He announces Rovig, and then about five to ten minutes later, that's when everybody started tweeting that sources had been saying it. So it was a really interesting way that it was... The information was released, and obviously if you're at the stadium prepping for the game, you're probably not listening to the radio interview that Coach Cho yeah. did during the, the week. So I thought that was yeah. a really interesting way for the information to get out. Yeah, and, and that radio interview, too, is, is pretty interesting because I believe I, I think I listened to that um, before the Texas Tech game, mm-hmm. and it was, it was interesting how much information kind of came out because Jeff Cho, you know, it's recorded in
2: advance, and so Jeff Cho kind of says the whole you know the whole beam plan. You know, right there, because obviously at that point, it, you know, none of the other teams' coaches are probably listening to that to that uh, that interview. That yeah. interview. So um, wow. So it's an interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting kind of how it all kind of shakes out.
0: It is. So when you were in the stadium and it did get announced on the, and I'm a Montana State fan, and I, I say jumbotron really in the in the grand scheme, the big screen that they have <laughs> at the stadium. When when that change was announced or when he was announced as the starting quarterback, what was that vibe in the stadium? And what did you think right off the bat?
2: Um I I don't I don't I can't necessarily speak to the vibe in the stadium, just because uh, you know, I guess didn't I don't necessarily know if it totally changed or if, you know, even honestly how many fans are like are like glued to their you know, glued to the watching the video board just mm-hmm. because a lot a lot of times it ends up being either the same players or, yeah. you know, you look at a position where, you know, they rotate in, in and out. Um, you know, I mean, even Troy Anderson went out for the opening coin talk and then didn't play the whole game. So, uh, yeah. so I mean, so there's, there's a lot of kind of sometimes smoking beers of that stuff. So I don't necessarily know if the vibe in the stadium changed. Um, but uh, like I said I, I
0: mean I was' definitely surprised the biggest, the biggest reason I was surprised was because Jeff Schultz said that he wasn't going to give Casey Bauman the yeah short leash. the short leash comment was the first thing I thought of as well.
2: yeah and I and I went back and I, I found I kind of went back into some old uh, you know some old documents that I keep and kind of went back and dug up that quote and tweeted it out um, and so. That was, that was interesting. But the other thing to keep in mind is that leading the Monday before the Norfolk State game, uh, Jeff Trote was asked, is three games enough to evaluate Casey Bauman? And he said yes. Oh, wow. Because because not only was it three games, but it was also all of the practice time since, I believe the date was August 12th, when Casey Bauman was named the starter. Okay. And from that point on, he said, well, now, looking back, he didn't say this all together in the same answer, but a week later that he pointed out that uh, since Casey Bauman was named the starter, Tucker Rogan outplayed him both in practice, or in practice leading up to the Norfolk State game, and obviously uh, yeah. the Norfolk State game, he played pretty well. Um, so I thought that was interesting, too, that, you know, again, the short leash comment, and then combined with him then saying, Three weeks was enough time to evaluate him, but then, but the thing to keep in mind is after the Western Illinois game, in that same answer when he said three weeks is enough time to evaluate him, in that same answer, Jeff Schrot then went on to defend QBovin and say he did. He needs he needs to improve his accuracy, but let me tell you what he has done well. He hasn't thrown any interceptions.
0: I remember that, and he was he was a that was as excitable as I'd seen Schrot, I guess is a in that Monday press conference, kind of excited about that Western Illinois game. About Casey Bauman just in the way he's managed the game and no interceptions right. and two right. and one, so I thought this all these things were the same things I was looking at, and why I was so surprised when that when that did come out.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So when you're in your personal thoughts, you know, if you if you put on just the 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 person watching the game, do you think it was time to make that change uh, to Tucker Rovick? I
2: mean, that's a hard question necessarily to answer, just because we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, we don't know what practice was like, yeah. um, you know, because it's like, you know, it's like, I think it caught us off guard because it, from the outside, it seems like Casey and Tucker were somewhat, were fairly close, mm-hmm. um, to each other, um, which is why, again, that, that long leash comment, it was so interesting, um. And so, it's 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 hard to say. Yeah. Um. But I, I do think I do think that like you know I would have thought that um with with Casey Bauman being a redshirt freshman and him only making I mean him only playing three games and one of them was against Texas Tech which is kind of tough to kind of have to top that game out yeah. the window a little bit um I'm not it just seems it just seems like a very quick move um. And so that's not to say that's not right or wrong, or it just is quick. Just quick and yeah. I mean, three games is three games is not a lot of time. And so it's about um, as
0: short as as you think, can get, probably.
2: <laughs> right, and so that's why I think again this goes back to why it kind of caught might have caught people off guard, just because um, regardless of what Jeff Choate said about whether a short leash, long leash, let the competition continue, not continue this or that. Regardless of that, three games is short. Definitely. Um, And again, we don't know what's going on in practice, so you know that that factored in as well. Okay, Um, but but you know, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, The team's in a really interesting spot right now because they lose they lose to Texas Tech. Okay, no big deal. Then they go on a three game win streak, and it's like it's like there's still total uncertainty. It
0: It is. It's true, and it and it's been fresh. I mean, it's frustrating for fans. It's been the whole of. Coach Choate's tenure has been this confusion at quarterback, even though the last couple of years the wins have come, they're still always just in that background. I know, it, And it's people outside the program, the voters nationally, other coaches, They, I think they're always looking at that going, how have they not figured out this quarterback position yet? And I think it's puzzling to everybody when you look at the program as yeah. a whole. Yeah,
2: I remember, I think I, I remember even late last season, Jeff Choate has even said how figuring out quarterback has been his biggest Kind of thing that has just kind of lingered, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while he's been the head coach, which is uh, you know really interesting. Even when, and you know, and, and you're right though, because even when Chris Murray was the quarterback, there were always issues over his accuracy, his completion percentage, whether he was like a viable long term option. Definitely, there were. I mean, that, that, I mean, you look at, I mean, even when Travis Johnson transferred to MSU, and Travis Johnson and Chris Murray never ended up playing together. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, because obviously with what with what happened with Chris Murray, you know, obviously everyone knows, but Travis Johnson was initially brought to MSU
0: to provide competition to Chris Murray. <laughs> and then both of them. You know, I mean, that's I, mean, I mean,
2: we don't, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I'm just thinking about this now as I'm talking to you. You know, like, I had forgotten about that, honestly. But, but it's like crazy to think about.
0: It is. And, and you look around the big sky at all the other programs that have quarterbacks, even programs that, are not on the national level or even right now the, you know, the results level of MSU, just the quarterbacks around the league. You know, Sac State has a pretty good quarterback over there. Um, you know, obviously we've seen Dalton Snead. I mean, he got brought up, you know, Hawk had a previous relationship with him at UNLV, those type of things. But it, it just makes you wonder. I mean, Tucker Rubick may be the answer. Like we obviously are going to see this week when he gets another shot against an FCS team, but it just, it's, just crazy to think about how other programs have put these quarterbacks in place, and Montana State has just constantly been a. a, a everybody's wondering what's next, basically.
2: Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting you say how, you know, maybe Tucker over is the answer. And he might be. You know, frankly, like, we haven't.
0: We only got that Wagner it. game last year, basically, to see exactly. what he did, and then right. he broke his foot.
2: Right. Exactly. Um, and obviously, he struggled against South Dakota State, but I don't think. But I think in all. Between, you look at Tucker over's three starts. South Dakota State last year, Wagner last year, Norfolk State this year. In all three of those games, they were so lopsided (laughs) that no matter who Montana State had at quarterback, they didn't really move the needle one way or the other.
0: Exactly. And that's the the uncertainty. Super
2: interesting. Yeah. So here's the thing you say Tuggeroga could be the answer, and he might be, but weren't we thinking the same thing about Casey Bauman three weeks ago?
0: Yeah. After he gets named starter and you have a, you know, a redshirt freshman coming in there with the physical traits that he has, you're thinking, okay, we finally got our quarterback.
2: Right. So It's, it's so interesting. It's, and, it's not, and, and it's not to say, like, one way or the other, and we don't know how this season's going to unfold. You know, we don't know who, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the verbal commit, Grady Robeson, you know, maybe he is the answer. You know, we don't know. But it's so interesting how it's all unfolding. It is. And because, and because the rest of the team, it looks like the rest of the team pretty much has everything in place.
0: It's crazy. And and I've talked about with friends and stuff that Montana State legitimately could be the answer at quarterback away from being a national championship contender with the pieces they have in place at, you know, running back on defense. So it's it's just insane to me, but it makes it fun to watch every single I mean, week, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it makes it fun to write about too. Exactly. You got some yeah, you have stuff to write about. It's perfect. Um, so two things that Montana State knows they have is an amazing linebacker slash running back slash quarterback if you needed to be in Troy Anderson and then a great running back in Isaiah Fonse. Both of them were basically in street clothes uh, last week. Do you think if this would have been a conference game that, you know, in the grand scheme of things meant something, they would have been able to play last week and that show was just kind of giving them that rest heading into the NAU game?
2: It's hard to say necessarily it in- to speak entirely on their – overall health yeah yeah overall health but um it is worth keeping in mind that uh two weeks ago um Jeff Cho said that um Isaiah Afonso probably could have played against Western Illinois if it was a conference game okay and then he didn't play in that game and then didn't play in Norfolk State so um I
0: think the thinking based based pretty much solely on that comment is that um the Norfolk state game was kind of, you know, rest for him. They kind and of saw the, the skill level playing against.
2: Yeah. And then similarly with Troy Anderson, um, kind of, you know, against Western Illinois, kind of being in that limited role, uh, kind of coming in on, on third downs on defense, um, you know, kind of similar
0: situation. It seems like at least that's kind of the, what we've picked up, um, from the outside without knowing the specifics of their status and kind of where they're at and how they're progressing.
2: Okay. Um, Definitely seemed like, I mean, and, and Jeff Choate made the same comment. You know, going, just quickly uh, going back to Tucker Rove, he made the point of like if they were going to make a move at quarterback, that last non conference game was you know the game to do it. The and one I to think, do it, yeah. You know, kind of similarly in terms of giving players a rest. You know, that I think that game probably served a similar purpose.
0: Okay, that's great. And so when we looked at, so I can't.
2: So I guess to, I guess to maybe just to, to clarify real quick, I I can't say with certainty whether or not they're going to play against Northern Arizona, but. I think, based on kind of connecting those dots and putting them the piece together it seems like they're uh, maybe in position to play. Uh, okay, but I mean, who knows? You know, everybody, everyone's body is different. And you never know how injuries are going
0: to heal. For sure. And so, when we looked at like uh, Afonso not playing last week, the Cats still rushed for almost 500 yards. They had three guys go over 100 yards. One question I kind of had when I was watching that game was: Are every is every single one of Montana State's running running backs amazing? Or was Norfolk State just that bad at run defense and everybody looked amazing? Like, how do you, how do you think this Bobcat running back depth looks like if you take out the fact that it's maybe it was Norfolk State's weakness?
2: I, I think what's important to consider is the Montana State's offensive line is pretty good.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Because I good mean, you look at you have you have three 100 yard rushers, It you know, pretty frankly, it didn't didn't necessarily even matter who was running the ball. Yeah. You know, you look at between Logan Jones, Shane Perry, and Lane Sumner, all three of them, uh, you know, because obviously before that game, you know, Logan Jones had gotten significantly more playing time than the other two. Um, and, and, you know, and was kind of, you know, well above the other two on the depth chart. So, um, I think... That's a good not point. So, so, I think not necessarily that the, the, the running backs are remaining but I think the offensive line did so well that it didn't necessarily even matter who
0: the running back. You couldn't was. even tell who was back running the ball. Every single run looked exactly the same—about eight yards of carry yeah. and then breaking a big one. Yeah, pretty fun to watch. Yeah,
2: and, yeah, and yeah. I mean, but but you look at each play, and obviously, you know, no one, everyone just kind of natural instinct like watches the ball. But if you look at the offensive line on every single play, they were, you know, they were pushing them back at least five yards every single
0: time. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun to see Afonso back this week in conference play. We missed being able to watch him. He's such an explosive player and just just such a dynamic player to watch, even with his stature, the way he breaks tackles, the way he escapes. So looking forward to seeing him back against NAU uh, if health lets him, which we're assuming it is with the depth chart that was released, but you always have to wait until game time to see
2: that. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's, the inter- that's the kind of the interesting thing about the depth chart is like it's like you know, kind of right now. The vibe is that Tucker Rovig is going to start at quarterback, and you know, part of that has to do with the fact that you know, obviously, you know, it's tough. It, wouldn't, it's, it would be extremely awkward, even more awkward than it is right now, to go back to Casey Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. But number two is you know, Tucker Rovig is listed first on the depth chart. The thing to keep in mind is before the Norfolk State game, Casey Bond was listed first True. on the depth chart. So, so it's, it's not the Bible. <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a guessing. It's always a guessing game how much stock to put into that.
0: That's a good point too. So when we look at NAU this weekend, the kind of the premier matchup and the guy that's most well-known on uh, NAU because he's been there for about 10 years, it seems, is Case Cookus, their star quarterback, premier quarterback, one of the best in the FCS. Uh, he's going against a Cats D that right now, when you include that Texas Tech game in there, is ranked 107th in pass defense. Cookus and um, you know NAU are a top 20 pass offense right now. Which one do you think – takes over on, on Saturday? Is it the Cats' D that's going to step up, or do you see Cook as being able to pass on the Montana State defense? Well, I think the interesting thing is, uh, kind of
2: like you said, Montana State's past defense has struggled a little bit uh, on the back end. I mean, you know, at, you know, in the Norfolk State game, two of their biggest plays of the game were, um, you know, deep balls over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the matchup, I think, is going to be whether the – Montana State front seven can get to cook us fast enough to maybe try and limit some of those deep passes. So, um, I mean, Bryce dirk is amazing, amazing playing, right as well as, playing as well as any defensive player in you know in the SDS nationally. Um, so, you know, I think that he's going to have to have a key role again, just because that that front seven is going to have to try to get to cook us And yesterday, we you know I interviewed Derek Marks and. Uh, you know, he made an interesting point. Uh, I think he was asked if the pass rush could rattle Case Cookson, and, and he had a really interesting point. He said, I don't know if we could rattle him mentally, but we just have to hit him physically. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, and, and I thought that was a really good point by, by Derek Marks, is just Case Cookies is so good and has been around so long. He's seen everything he could possibly have seen. Uh, so it's it's gonna be an interesting matchup to see and and I think um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Case Lucas play and I Me think too. anyone who's who will be attending the game or, or watching on T V is gonna be looking forward to seeing the th- match.
0: And I think his last game that he played in the state of Montana was that game he got thrown out of for the targeting in Missoula, I think.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well they haven't played here, so
0: Yeah, so it has to be. So the last so he got thrown yeah. out of the last game he played in the state of Montana, so We'll see see how he does this weekend. That was a pretty horrible call out game. But yeah, it's gonna be funny. Like you said, he's one of the premier quarterbacks in all of the FCS. It's fun when they you know, when you get these kind of matchups and you get these players to come to, to Bozeman for the for the fans to see. Uh, do you see any do you see Montana State being worried at all about NAU's running attack, which is somewhat non existent? Um I don't know. I, I mean, you're
2: talking about an offense that puts up forty points a game, so I'd just be worried about all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But I mean, certainly Cookish is the show. Cookish is the guy that everyone's kind of worried about. So, um, you know, obviously the run game will, will, you know, be involved a little bit. But you know, I don't know if, if it's necessarily taking up all the attention.
0: Okay. And then real quickly, you kind of touched on uh, Bryce Stirk. Has he been right now the most impressive member of Montana State's team that you've seen in the first four games of the year?
2: Yeah, I I, I never thought of it that way, um, but I think the answer has to be yes. I do yeah, I can't even think of anyone else who would be really even close, honestly. Uh, I mean, he's just taking over. I know he's leading the FCS in sacks with, with 8.5, which, you know, if you're averaging more than two, you know, if you're averaging more than two sacks a game, I mean, that's...
0: You're doing all right.
2: Unbel- yeah, that's an unbelievable pace, you know, so, uh, we'll see if he can keep it up, but it definitely seems like there's no reason why he couldn't, um, you know, he's playing amazing right now, so, um... To answer your question, yeah. And, and also, I mean, you know, another factor just in your question is just how much rotation has been going on, um, you know, with different injuries and people, players and rotating in and out, and people at different positions. Um, so I think brace therapy, yeah, I think it's probably not even close unless I'm, unless I'm missing someone. I don't think. I mean, um,
0: when you're averaging over two sacks a game and you have, you're have you leading the league in – or the leading the FCS in tackles for loss, I think you're probably the most impressive defensive player in the FCS right now, let alone – Montana yeah. State. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And I love the
0: fact that he wears number 37 and he's the best number 37 in the state. Um, that one goes out to so all the Grizz fans. <laughs> I, listen,
2: thought, I thought what I thought was interesting was, um, you know, obviously I don't, I don't necessarily have an opinion on, on the 37 stuff, you know, myself personally, but I just thought, I just found it entertaining. Uh, he was, he did the, um, that interview with Matt Brownlow, um, yeah. Uh, when they do the little, in the truck, when mm-hmm. they go around, riding around downtown. And he said that he likes, how, he likes that Grizz fans get annoyed at him. You know, it kind of annoys Grizz fans how he embraces being 37. <laughs> um, just kind of speaks to his personality a I love bit. it. Uh, so, so, I mean, and, and from my perspective, obviously, personally, you know, I, I grew up in New York and, you know, lived my whole life in New York until moving here two years ago. I find the whole rivalry stuff back and forth. You know, I I'm, I find it so interesting. It's so much fun, um, even when you know it could be the, the middle of the summer and the two coaches are blocking each other on Twitter. Yep. You know, it's,
0: it's just, it never it's just, the pettiness uh, ever never ends. And I go right along with it. I'm 100% always involved in anything petty against uh, against the University of Montana. I'm a lifelong. I mean, born and raised in Montana. I mean, it was it was born in me, and I, I'll never let that pettiness and any of that goes. So I, you're right. I think it's one of the most fun parts about the rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Hey Paul, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, at So that's at P S C H W E D S.
0: Perfect. And so go check him out. He does some um, great stories during the week, uh, during the game. So we really appreciate you coming on and we hope we get to talk to you soon.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All right, so thank you again to Montana Parlay for his picks, and also for Paul Schwedelson for taking the time. It's a busy football season, basketball season started today as well in Bozeman. So thank you to Paul Schwedelson for coming on, spending that time with us. We always appreciate getting to talk to uh, the different beat reporters and guys around the state who are, uh, you know, on the front lines while we sit back here and just poach all the information.
1: Yeah, thanks guys. And <laughs> thanks guys. If any of you, any of you listening, uh, beat reporters, especially around the Big Sky Conference, if you want to jump on. Big Sky, Big Takes, just shoot us a a note on Twitter because we are trying to get all sorts of different teams featured.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, again, thanks to to Paul Schwedelson. But uh, we're going to bring back a little segment that we did last year called Grading the Big Sky. It was a creative name. We're not going to change that. Yep. I think it really, the marketing of it, it really stuck last year in 2018, so we'd be fools to change the name of this segment.
1: Yep, great minds at work.
0: Yeah, so same format as last year. Bear Tycoon's going to go through the teams that we are going to – or the Big Sky teams, and we're going to give them some letter grades and then look ahead to a couple of the games this week that we're really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, so this is – look, we we all love the, the, the Cats and the Grizz, um, and that's where I focus, I'd say – of my time, but I think most big fight, big sky fans probably focus like 95% of their, their uh, brain power there. So we're going to try to focus on the non Montana schools. I think we can both agree, Nate, both Montana, Montana state are a's three and one, all FCS wins. Uh, Only losses were to you know, pretty decent uh, FBS teams.
0: Yeah, they're a's it's, exactly what you wanted as fans going into conference. We said that at the beginning, three and one, you both, we, you know, both you and I talked about it. We were like, if you, if we both go into conference three and one, we're going to be feeling fantastic about the teams that we're taking into conference play. No doubt. I Also
1: feel pretty good about the, uh, the little wagers we met, uh, Oh yeah. On, uh, the eight wins, Grizz six and a half. So they need to get to seven, um, for me to win. And you had the cats at seven and a half. So that three, Three out of conference FCS wins. That was that was big,
0: massive, that was big great start. You. Great start.
1: We're gonna be a lot happier when uh, the Grizz get four and the the Bobcats get five. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, all right. So I, I randomized the teams and their schedules. So we're not taking this in any particular order. But up first, already talked about them on this pod. Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. They have two wins, uh, one at Missouri State. The other at I believe D two Western New Mexico, Uh, and then their losses at against pretty good teams uh, at Arizona and at Illinois, who's one of the tougher FCS teams. So two and two, uh, really only you know one win that we can say is something that they should be proud of. But Missouri State is not like a great a great team. They're zero and three in in uh, FCS play, zero and three overall. So Northern Arizona, when you look, I I do think they're a good team, and I think that they're going to – could potentially be scary in in the conference. But just based on their out-of-conference schedule, I don't think we can rank them that high. I'm going to give them a C-. minus.
0: Okay, I was going to give them a, a C uh, just based on they took care of Western Illinois – or I'm sorry, Missouri State in that first you know game of the season. We thought Missouri State – You know, they're from the Missouri Valley Conference, so maybe there's a little bias there that we thought they were gonna be better than they were. Yeah. And you're right, they you know they lost what they were supposed to lose in Arizona, they got that win over western New Mexico and then, you know, kept it within thirteen against Illinois State, but did not cover the spread. So I'm gonna give them a C just based on their being them being one and one in FCS. You know it's pretty average. Best, you know, I still think they're frisky. I still am definitely not going into this weekend overlooking NAU. I don't think you can do that, especially with their recent history against Montana State. But I will give them a C right now, and it'll be it'll be a a big tell this weekend uh, in Bozeman what they really are.
1: Yep. All right. So C C minus for me. C from you. Um, but we truly, just because of out of confidence, we don't really know who they are. One team we know a lot about who they are, the Northern Colorado bears. This is clearly an F or an F minus if we're allowed to give those. zero and four losses, uh, you know, 50 zero at Sac state, which we touched on, got blown out at Washington state lost pretty big to San Jose state in week one. Um, their, their most recent loss at South Dakota is at home you know, against South Dakota. At home against South Dakota. Um nothing there's nothing positive coming out out of here. Uh Jacob Nip, their quarterback, we always talk about him having a lot of potential. But if you look at his uh I granted he got hurt, I think, in that SAC state game. Um, but he started three games uh for this team and they're you know he's putting up pretty pedestrian numbers. He's not thrown over two hundred yards um, in any of these games and especially against South Dakota, that's something that a star quarterback should do. Um, so big F for me, what are you going to give these guys?
0: I, I don't even want to grade them. I think I would expel them or ask them to drop the course. Yeah. Like just get out of our conference. Like you just yeah. bring us down. You're so goddamn depressing. Yes. Your uniforms are depressing. Your field is depressing. Your record is depressing. They have four touchdowns through four games. <laughs> They're the 123rd worst passing defense, and I mean the Grizz are 124, but they're the 123rd worst passing defense. They're allowing yeah. 40 points per game. They're allowing 500 yards per game. Their touchdown differential is 22 to four. They've allowed four times, to- five times more touchdowns than they've scored. I hate you, Northern Colorado. Yeah. You do more harm to the Big Sky than a 79 to seven loss by Idaho. Totally, totally. The uh, all right, so. Two Fs, drop the damn course, drop the
1: course 0. 0.0 grade percentage. Uh, all right, we are now going to move on to Sacramento state two and two, uh, definitely kind of the friskiest team. In the Big How, that's a frisky team. This is a frisky team, but their wins, those two wins are not great. Uh, Dominated Northern Colorado, which is awesome. Dominated Southern Oregon, who I believe is an NAIA team. They uh, are where, yes. Where their real friskiness comes from is their two uh, FBS losses, losing to twelve by twelve to Arizona State on the road. to Arizona State, and who then, then we, went on the, who
0: then went to be Michigan State the
1: very next weekend, and yeah. then uh, losing to Fresno State. They they lost thirty four to twenty. Um, but these—that's an FBS team. They were in the. And that game was closer for, than
0: it. That was closer than it looked at the end. Yeah. There was two it, garbage it, time touchdowns by Fresno. Not garbage it, time, but two no, but it, late touchdowns by Fresno State.
1: It was twenty to twenty in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Sac State was tied in the fourth quarter against an FBS team. So the last,
0: so, the last touchdown was a little garbage timey.
1: Yes, um, but so I, I'm very impressed with them. But it is in a loss. So this is a, a case where there's a, a, you know, a really bad dumb student who overperforms but it's still not like doing great in your class but it's just about the potential that's not how you're supposed to grade so trying to be objective <laughs> just based on this i'm going to give them a c plus
0: okay i'll give them a b minus just because of those two fps games i know you're supposed to take care of business and all that kind of stuff if you're grading somebody but you know i'd be one of those teachers maybe gave a little bit for effort you know i see them trying hard and they almost did it. So no, I think their 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 FBS is their most their FBS losses are the most impressive things. But uh they better be a good student because the rest of the way they have so, a so tough crazy. ass schedule. Versus Eastern at Montana State, <laughs> versus Montana at Cal Poly, versus Weber State at NAU, at Idaho, and then the cross or the Causeway Classic against UC Davis. They could they could not win a game the rest of the year if they aren't as frisky as we think they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, the two—the only two, like, easy, and I'm doing quotes, easy games on there are Cal Poly and Idaho, but those are both on the road, and we've seen both Idaho and Cal Poly play really well at different times this
0: yeah. year. Yeah, so they are, you're right, I am grading them on potential, which you're not supposed to do, but I will give them that just because they were very impressive, and they made a good showing for the Big Sky Conference. I gave them a little extra credit for that showing and making us a little bit proud, Yeah, um, prouder was- of some of the other schools that, that went out there and played FBS squads.
1: That is a good way to look at it. I am proud to have them in the big sky conference. They've put together a good team. They have a good coach and a uh, uh, Troy Taylor who is in his first year. That is a, and just the way they perform. That's what we want to see out of the, you know, and I would love here. for them,
0: you know, I would love for them to get, you know, absolutely. I do. I think they're going to make the playoffs. No, but if they get through this schedule and they can get to Davis and maybe Davis and Montana, Montana state Eastern are kind of all bunched at the top for like the conference and that auto bid. You know, yeah. maybe Sac State takes down Davis on that last game of the season and, you know, changes the whole complexion of things. So I hope they're frisky.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's makes, it makes it way more fun, way more interesting if if it's not just a, a total loss. I think there's only two, like, completely blowover teams on the schedule. We already got to one yeah. UNC. UNC. Um, all right, next up we have Idaho, two and two. Talked about that Penn State loss. Um, they also lost to Wyoming. 21 and 16 their wins obviously this weekend huge win uh at home against eastern washington it was the super bowl of Moscow, idaho Um, but then they also had a a pretty weak win over central washington 41 31 who's a d2 team so i don't want to be too oh why don't you give us your grade first because i have some thoughts on idaho so I'm looking at
0: this one, maybe another one where I'm not being a really good teacher because I'm looking. It's a little bit of recency bias because of that Eastern Washington game, but also because of that Wyoming game too. Staying within five against a team that's a tough place to play uh, down there. In uh, what the hell city is that in? Where's Wyoming? I have no idea. I, I want to really say Cheyenne, but it's not Laramie.
1: Laramie, that sounds right. It's in
0: Laramie. It's really high. It's like a mile high. Anyway, whatever. They played well the last two weeks. I'm going to give them. Um, a B minus, no C plus. I'm giving them a C plus because I'm not going to forget that Penn State game, and I'm not going to forget how weak they looked against Central Washington. They have a game coming up this weekend against. Uh, it's in Greeley at Northern Colorado. This game doesn't do anything for them in their grade, so I think they're going to climb out of this. You know, this first week of conference still at a C plus, but then they have some work to do. You know, their upcoming schedule doesn't get super easy with the Weber State. Uh, coming to town. So I'm going to give them a C plus, but impressed with them the last couple weeks. And they may be able to make some moves as we go on in the season.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go slightly lower. Um, so here recency bias is a thing. And I, I don't think that's what we should do. I think we should be looking at the out of conference schedule in its entirety. And they have, they have some bad games in here, right? Like they have uh, that Penn state loss. It, it, by itself that's an f um, the eastern washington win is definitely an a but wyoming you know losing i'd probably give that a b central washington barely squeaking by them i'd give that i'd give that win probably a d um and what that works out to if i'm doing my gpa math right is a two oh, it's 2.6 i'm rounding down giving them a c do you think that's fair? It's weird giving them a C with that big Eastern Washington win, but, I, but is that, Eastern
0: Washington, what we think they are. Or are we just basing that on last year?
1: Exactly. And and Eastern Washington who we'll get to hasn't really shown us anything, but that Penn state loss at central Washington, we can't just overlook that. Um, so I'm giving them, giving them a C you were a C plus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, next up Portland state. This is a team. We know absolutely nothing about two and two they are two losses to fbs arkansas fbs boise state they're two wins d2 simon Fraser and i think naia eastern yep. oregon um uh we know nothing about this team i'm not going to give them any credit for you know that arkansas being close in that arkansas game is something i guess so i'll give them an f plus
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give them just a straight up F because of their lack of FCS games. Arkansas is horrible. Yeah, Yeah, they're SEC. I get it. I get it. I get it. But horrible. They just lost to San Jose State. I don't think San Jose State has won a game (laughs) in five years.
1: No, they're really bad.
0: So I'm gonna give them an F, just a straight up F just because of their scheduling. Their games were boring. Simon Fraser and Eastern Oregon, their two wins. I hate this out of conference schedule and uh, I'm going to actually they, be biased on that. I'm going to be that teacher that just hates a kid and the kid knows it. I yeah. hate Portland state right now. And I'm going to give them an F.
1: Well, and the crazy thing is Portland state as an F, they have two pretty winnable games at Idaho state and then home for Southern Utah. Like Portland state could start out two and O and you know, then we may have to rethink this, but right now yeah, we'd have to rethink it at that point. Yeah. I'll give them, I'll give them credit for their, for their blowout wins over crummy teams and keeping it close with Arkansas by bumping up the F to a F plus.
0: Okay. Fair.
1: Okay. Next up Weber state only played three games. They're one and three. They beat Cal poly pretty, pretty easily. 41, 24 um, credit to them for scheduling that FCS game. But then they, they lost uh, six to zero at San Diego state 1913 at Nevada. What do you think about this? and they just had a bye week, so I think I give
0: yeah, and I think I think I have to give them a B on this one. So they yeah. kept it within one score at San Diego State, at Nevada. Not powerhouse FBS schools by any means, and I know I just talked shit about Arkansas and how I didn't give uh Portland State any credit for that, but you know, when you hold a FBS team to six points and you hold an FBS team like Nevada to nineteen points. I give a little bit more credit to that. I don't even know if that makes sense because Portland State held Arkansas to like 13 points. Whatever, I don't care. No, I'm going sense. to give them a B because Cal Poly. That was Cal Poly was coming off of a dismantling of San Diego. And we thought, hey, this Cal Poly team might have an offense now, a passing offense, a quarterback yes. that can do both. They yeah. couldn't. Weber State absolutely clobbered them. So I think they took on a hot Cal Poly team. I know it was the second game of the year, but took them and, and absolutely murdered them. I, I cannot wait for this UNI game this weekend. Uh, so, I give them a B right now, and they could sneak up into A minus territory with a win over Northern Iowa this weekend.
1: So, uh, concerning things with Weber, um, you know, great that they played the FBS games close. And I like their next game. Uh, they do have a out, they're finishing their out of conference play this coming Saturday with a game against uh, Northern Iowa, uh, which should be a great game. Um, but in the game against San Diego State, you know, they. They held their own on the defensive end, only allowing 238 yards total, uh, but their offense could only come up with about 150 yards. In the Nevada game, they kept the points low, but they allowed 453 yards uh, for Nevada. They took advantage of three turnovers from the Wolfback, uh, but that offense only scored 137 points. So we we know that they can't put up 137 yards rather. We know that they can't put up yards uh, against good defenses um, and good offense. Like Nevada, I wouldn't describe as a good offense. They were able to go up and down the field on them. So uh, Weaver State, I'm going to, you gave them a B. Just a straight up B. Yep. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think they they may be the best team in the big sky. Um, and this game against Northern Iowa is going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Agreed. I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Next, UC Davis, two and two. Losses at FBS Cal and at basically FBS North Dakota State. Yeah. Dominated Lehigh at home, 41-13. And they beat San Diego, not by a large margin, but that game was in San Diego. So on the road, FCS win. Uh looking just at these four games, not at their potential. Uh, Cause I, I, think these guys are, are awesome too. And they're basically healthy coming into conference play. I guess mm, I'm going to give them a, a a B plus. Okay. As, I was going gonna, back and forth. B yeah. plus a minus, but
0: I was actually going to go B minus. I wanted oh, to okay. see more of them against San Diego. Cal Poly absolutely murdered San Diego, a team that doesn't give out scholarships for athletics. It was in San Diego, whatever. It's not that far to travel. You're on the same damn time zone. It's just down the state. It's a two-hour flight. They go to San Diego, and they shouldn't have won that game. I think San Diego scored there. Whatever. It shows as a W for Cal uh, for UC Davis. Yeah, no, but
1: that's true. They could be one and three. Pretty they could easily. be one
0: and three with a bad loss to San Diego. I yep. know it's a W. I know every win counts, especially on the road. The, the playoff committee looks at it as an, F, uh, an FCS win, but I'm giving them a, a B minus because of that. They took care of business against Lehigh. And the only reason I'm not giving them a C is because they looked pretty sharp against North Dakota State for the first three quarters. Mayor Meyer got into some trouble in the fourth quarter through a couple of interceptions, one when they were down, you know close to the red zone uh, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They, they were in that game the whole time. And that's where I'm probably not dropping them a little bit farther. So I'm giving them a B minus They're They're blowout over Lehigh and they're very strong showing against Cal and North Dakota state is what's saving them from going down to a C because of that San Diego game.
1: All right. One, uh really weird schedule. Cal poly one and two, their win was against San Diego. Their losses, got beat pretty good at Weaver State, 41-24, and then got blown out at Oregon State. They had a bye week this past week, but then unlike uh, unlike the uh, Aggies, they're not playing another out-of-conference game. They're just playing one less game than everybody in the Big Sky Conference. Um, so that San Diego game, they didn't just beat them. They, they were crushing them. 52, yeah, that was not a close game. 52 to 34 San Diego state scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to kind of close that gap. But Cal poly put up 607 yards, which is insane. And for the and their first quarterback through for three touchdowns. Yeah. For the first time that I can ever remember, they had a passing game. That was, that was uh really impressive three touchdowns and over 200 yards in the air. Um, but you know, that's one win and everything else. They didn't look so good. So I'm going, I guess I'm going C minus. I still think there's some friskiness there. I was going between C minus and D, but I'm going to stick with the C minus. I'm somewhat okay. optimistic on these guys.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the C minus as well. So we're going to agree on this one. And my reasoning is because that was a good win against San Diego. San Diego played UC Davis tough the next week. I don't think San yep. Diego or San Diego's a good team at all. But Cal Poly came out, took care of business first game of the year. Surprised Cal, or surprised San Diego, I think, uh, with that win. We were state, we expected that one, but that was a pretty bad loss. What is that 17 point loss there? Oregon State, we didn't care about. So I give them the C minus, and I think they get a win this weekend over Sa- Southern Utah. So I think. You know, that C-minus could turn into a C maybe with a win over Southern Utah. It's not like yeah, it's that big a the the deal score. to be. It doesn't even really – yeah, it, it definitely depends on the score. And then they really have a tough go of it uh, in Bozeman, at Davis, against North Dakota – I'm sorry, it's not in Bozeman. It's in Cal Poly, at Davis, at home against North Dakota, at home against Sac State, at Idaho, and then at home against Eastern Washington. If they aren't <laughs> frisky, they're going to be demoralized when they get through that October into November schedule.
1: Yeah totally um but we'll keep an eye on them and i just feel like they're they can always knock someone off um but next up this is to me the other clear f in the big sky conference southern utah the thunderbirds uh they only had one win i last forgot year. they were even in the conference i know it's it's so dumb um 1-1 one, and one 3 they got blown out by unlv Blown out by Northern Iowa and blown out by South Dakota State. Now, that's a very good out-of-conference schedule. Yeah, those are still, good teams. Still, I mean, they lost by 20 to Northern Iowa, so it wasn't like a huge blowout, but didn't have a good showing. And then their only win was an overtime win against Stephen F. Austin. Uh,
0: Who is 0-4 on the season.
1: 0-4, and, and not the Stephen F. Austin that you grew up with. They are not good at No, not anymore. at all.
0: <laughs> so they lost I, to Tarleton State. Stephen <laughs> F. Austin did. Tarleton State.
1: Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Where the hell is Tarleton State? Welcome to Tarleton State University, Stephenville, Texas.
1: Yeah, D2. D2, Tarleton State. So that's any optimism that you can find uh, with win over Stephen F. Austin, because a win is a win, FCS win is a win. It's gone when you find out that they got beat by a D2 school. I think these guys are clearly an F.
0: Yeah, I'm giving them an F as well. Uh like I said, I mean, their out of conference almost looks like Montana State's out of conference last year. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, the ranked teams like like a Northern Ireland, they did play South Dakota State, but playing that tough out of conference schedule, Montana State got their win over Wagner, which was which was great. But um Montana State didn't beat a team that had lost to a D2 school, so they're definitely different than the Montana State team of last year. <laughs> so I'm yeah. giving them an F as well. I mean, that, that win over Stephen F. Austin means nothing, and they only won by seven. So it's not like they blew out Stephen F. Austin. I give them an F. I don't care about them. I'm not even going to pay attention to them this year. For all I know, they're out of the conference. Let's just move yeah. on so we don't have to talk about Southern Utah ever again.
1: I think that is, that is fair. Um, next up, Idaho State Bengals. We've made fun of their out-of-conference schedule all year, but a win at Western Colorado, who I think's D2, um, 38-13, then shut out by Utah, uh, lost a, a close game to Northern Iowa, 13-16. to They have another out-of-conference game, November 16th, when they travel to BYU. Um,
0: what do you give these guys? Well... That U N I game, you know, U N I is a tough team to go in there in their first F C S game. Play some pretty good defense and only lose by yeah yeah, exactly, and only lose by seven makes me think that they could be a frisky team. You know, Idaho State was a frisky team last year. They beat Montana State. Montana State did end up getting into the playoffs ahead of Idaho State, even though they beat the Cats. They're not a bad team. Yeah, right now I just give them you know a D plus one because they didn't play any FCS games, So I am holding that against them. I mean, they did, but no FCS wins. They only played one FCS game. They didn't beat Northern Iowa. So I give them, I can't remember what I just said. I give them a D plus because they kept it somewhat close against you and I, but yeah. I think that their out of conference schedule hurts them here. in the fact that we, one, we don't know what they are at all. And two, I just hate how they schedule it. We hate how they scheduled every single year. So just, D D D plus D plus
1: D plus. Uh, So I'll say this about Idaho state. I think they might be good, but they could be a good team in the big sky conference and they have zero chance of making the playoffs. They need to basically run the table, run the table. They're coming into the end of September with zero FCS wins. They have another FBS game in the schedule. So I mean, you need like seven wins at least to get in right. Eight to kind of guarantee it. Um, so yeah, they need to either run the table to get eight wins or they
0: screw themselves,
1: screw themselves. I mean, they have a lot of winnable games in their schedule, but screw themselves D I'm going to give them a, a, a D solid, not D plus. Um, and not, not for the win over Western Colorado, but just for keeping it close. I'm going to round what should be kind of a F season up to a D because of that Northern Iowa close. Kept it close. Um then last last team, potentially another F, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the Eastern Washington Eagles. Ooh. One
0: and three. Saving the best one for last. One
1: and three. Losses at Washington. Okay, that's fine. I mean they didn't it wasn't close, but it wasn't uh a disaster. Forty seven fourteen. A win versus Lindenwood, who we've already discussed as being horrific losses at Jacksonville State in a close game. They were winning for most of the game. Jacksonville State came in at the end. Uh and then lost this past weekend at Idaho. I I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that you know their two FCS losses were on the road. Jacksonville State's a super long ways to travel and Idaho was truly treating this like it was a Super Bowl game. Um but it's it's hard not to give an F. I'm still thinking it over. What do you think for
0: Eastern? I mean, even in their one win that they have this season against D2 Lindenwood, they let that school put up 31 points on them. Yeah. So they've allowed <laughs> 47, 31, 49, and 35. This defense is horrible. Not that yeah. Eastern Washington ever prided themselves on an amazing defense. I guess you know it was always kind of the the show um, on offense just through all – it's quarterback university in the Big Sky Conference for sure. I just don't think they're as good as last year. Barry A is not Gage Gabrood. He puts up yes. some numbers, but I just don't – he's just not Gage Gabrood. I think people saw him come in last year and play well and just forgot about Gage, who almost was the starting quarterback up in Wazoo. So yeah, good point. I give them a – a d minus for a very uninspiring out of conference season. This is Eastern Washington. They're supposed to be the the leader in this conference when it comes to the, you know, our national prominence the last what 10 years probably. Yeah. I don't know if that's giving them a little too much credit, but UC Davis wasn't the one that was going to carry the torch. They've just kind of come up in the last couple of season. You know, Montana had its down years. Montana State's has has had its down years. Eastern has been that torch carrier for the Big Sky Conference. They've embarrassed us to start out this season as being our you know a top five team, and now they're out of the polls. So I give them a I give them a D minus. Just a horrible, horrible start to the season. Literally as bad as it could get.
1: Yeah, and I I think I'm going to have to give them an F. How I've been talking about these other teams, uh, you know, all of these losses are pretty bad. Um, You know, can I give Eastern a bump because they played Jacksonville State close? They should be they should be playing them close, and they should that's what we expect out of them to win or play this game close. Like, I don't know. I think I got to give them an F. This has been truly disappointing. Um, The defense
0: is an F minus.
1: Defense is an F minus for sure, and it's bringing the whole. The whole uh, team score down. I got to go. I got to go F. There's nothing. I've watched it's a all lot right. of their games. I've watched a lot of their games. I think the only game I haven't watched a piece of was Lindenwood. And there was nothing that I saw where I was like, mm, these guys are crushing it. Like the Jacksonville State game, they were putting up points, but Jacksonville State was moving the ball pretty easily too. I think Eastern started that game up 14-0, if I'm not mistaken. And Jacksonville State just... Came right back. Yeah. Um, yeah it's it's a
0: disappointing. It's just disappointing. East was,
1: Eastern was up 28 to 7 in the first quarter. Wow. Um, that's not good. Losing. They were up 45 to 28 at the end of the third quarter. I
0: don't Something's know. Something's wrong in Cheney.
1: Something's wrong. All right. So I'll give them Something's an F. Something's up in Cheney. I'll we'll give them we'll an give F. Them and that rounds them out. D minus. So that's it. That's our grades.
0: Yeah. So we're going to, since those are our grades, we're going to go around as quick as we can and just recap what's going on this weekend on the schedule, Northern Arizona at Montana state, Idaho at Northern Colorado, Montana at UC Davis, North Dakota at Eastern Washington. If you remember that North Dakota is not a part of the conference, but that is considered a conference game for Eastern Washington, Portland state at Idaho state, Northern Iowa at Weber state, and then Cal poly at Southern Utah. As we do every week, what is your game to watch? If you're not going to pick the Montana or Montana state game.
1: Uh, there's a few good ones. That that Northern Iowa Weber State game, I think that has to be it. Um, you know, we I, I'm really excited to see what Weber can do uh, at home against Northern Iowa. Yeah. What, what do you think? So I would be, I would right?
0: I mean it is. And so, but if we want to discuss one other game that catches my eye, it is to see that Northern uh, North Dakota at Eastern Washington. North Dakota is a better team than they were last year. They're a fringe top twenty five team. Eastern yeah, is obviously point. coming off one of their, the losses that's had to hurt, the a regular season loss, I guess you could say, that's hurt the most. I want to see, does Eastern Washington respond? Are they pissed? Are they going to take it to North Dakota? Or did that just deflate them so much that they're not going to be able to get up for this game at home? So I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on that one because that one really interests me to see how Eastern responds and to see how improved North Dakota is uh, over last year.
1: Well, we don't know right now if – Eastern's good enough to take it to North Dakota, right? Like if this was, if this was Sac State or Idaho State or Cal Poly coming in this, this first week, I'd be like, all right, they can probably just demolish these guys. But even if they're amped up, like, like you said, North Dakota, they're a pretty good football team. I don't know. We didn't discuss, we didn't discuss,
0: yeah, we didn't discuss North Dakota in the grades because obviously, I mean, they're an independent. They're not in the big sky, obviously. They're not even in the Missouri Valley right now.
1: We're going to see a lot of them throughout the year.
0: They, and so North Dakota right now is 2-1. and one. They have a win over non-scholarship Drake, 47-7. to seven. They did lose at North Dakota State, 38-7, to seven, so they didn't keep it very close against the Bison. Uh, but they do have a good win, a 27-23 win over Sam Houston State. Uh, right now Sam Houston State is 2-2 two and two, um, with their losses coming to North Dakota obviously, and uh, New Mexico. They beat Incarnate Word and Panhandle State. So Sam Houston State's not the power they used to be either. But North Dakota is is not a slouch this year. So I'll be keeping my eye on that game just to see what Eastern Washington team we're going to be seeing the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, the only other game um, that I'm keeping an eye on is uh, Cal Poly at Southern Utah just to see if Cal Poly can put up some big-time yards against a garbage team.
0: Yeah. Oh, and one game that I would laugh at if uh, if they lost was Idaho coming off oh, yeah. that massive win against Eastern think, going to I Greeley. I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to You think lose. that they're gonna, oh, lose. you're going to call right now just so if you're right, yeah, you can call it again? No, but I, I do think it's just like. It's, that is the definition of a trap game. I mean, who
1: was the D2 team that the Cats beat after they beat Colorado?
0: They lost. So they beat Colorado and then lost to Danny Woodhead and Chad Oh, that's State. what I mean.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, um, that would
0: be on that level probably.
1: Yeah. Pretty close, because um, Northern Colorado is pretty close to a
0: D two school, yeah. and Eastern so that'll Washington actually be fun to
1: watch. Is pretty close to a FBS school, so um, man, that'll, so that'll be, be fun the funny
0: watch. one. That'll be the one I like, kind of keep watching just to laugh, just to laugh. Yeah. At. Oh. So. Oh boy. Yeah. So, great slate of Big Sky games. We are super excited. It's conference season for most of the teams in the Big Sky. We'll be refreshing that ESPN app to keep our tabs on that. So, with that, that's our around the Big Sky. Did you want to uh, discuss what was formerly known as the watch party?
1: Well, we still have the watch party, everybody. Don't worry, we still have it. It's still RIB. We B. didn't sell the naming rights yet. Yeah, this is something that we own, but um, our our watchers are not 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 doing too great. So we're going to retire this for at least a couple weeks until. Uh, we start getting some Google alerts on. Sorry, uh, sorry for all of
0: you listeners out there that listened to our whole podcast the last two years for an hour and a half just to get to the watch party. We're sorry, we just took it away from you.
1: Yeah, we're keeping an eye on Brock. We're keeping an eye on Alex Singleton. But for all of you, we
0: on... yeah, but for all of you that did that, who yeah. listened thank to the whole pod just to get to the watch, thank you. One and maybe we'll bring it back next week. You'll have to listen to find out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and maybe we'll find some. I just wasn't having a ton of fun. Tracing uh, Bob Stitt and yeah. Chris Jensen at Texas State. It's not so, fun anymore. Yeah. All right. We'll, 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 we'll think about bringing it back.
0: Yeah, we'll think, we'll think about it. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. We're finally here. These are the games that count. These are the games that get teams into the playoffs. These are the games that, you know, can be backbreakers early in the season when yeah. the playoff committee's looking at these games and they see a loss to a Northern Colorado maybe. we're not saying it's going to happen but maybe we are maybe yeah we'll, Those we'll are the be, games at the end of your season we'll be watching yeah. yeah we'll be watching so also to note though i just as i say that i contradict myself immediately last year again we did throw a funeral for the cats and the grizz when they lost games in like week 10 with the yeah. charlie brown music and then the cats <laughs> ended up making the playoffs so also don't listen to anything we say cuz it is the big sky conference and anything that anything can happen and usually (laughs) does
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sources say this has been a great podcast thanks nate um before i let you sign off just want to say uh thanks of course to laney lou and the bird dogs for playing us and playing us out but also uh to Logjam presents our new sponsor sponsor this week excited to have them on board uh and just big time thanks for them for uh supporting what we're doing here at the montana mint
0: definitely and again it's logjampresents.com. presents.com logjam presents live music redefined we will see everybody next week after the start of the conference season i'm jacked up fair tycoon any last words for the fans
1: if you see Nathan bozeman pull him over and uh,
0: he'll buy you a beer i will buy you a beer so we love you all and we'll see you in bozeman
5: I